we met about. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. The only thing we have to fear is fear itself. I'm not a crook. If you like your health care plan, you'll be able to keep your health care plan. Listening to Jim Paris Live, your source for the latest news on money, politics, prophecy, and preparedness. And now your host, the editor-in-chief of ChristianMoney.com and the author of more than 30 books, Jim Paris. All right, hello everybody. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to have you with us tonight. And I think I've just about mastered this uh, new way of broadcasting directly to the internet. I hope everything sounds great tonight. Uh, wow, so much to get into in our first segment, including I'm going I'm to do this sort of as a little teaser, a little mystery item. <laughs> Those people that are so fantastic at radio are great at this kind of thing, doing these teases. So here's the tease. I have a check sitting on my desk right now that I just opened up today from Google. They sent me 46 bucks. And this is kind of a little bit out of the blue. Why would they send me this money? And uh, the check actually comes from a lawyer. So this is kind of interesting, okay? And you're probably wondering why in the world, why would a lawyer be sending Jim a check from Google for 46 bucks? We got to listen to the uh, later portion of this first segment to be able to find out all about that. Tonight in our second segment, our good friend, nutritional pharmacist, Ben Fuchs is here. Pretty much everything on the table when it comes to health and nutrition, and supplements and all of that. And this guy is just a genius. I have never asked him a question that he didn't have an answer to. In fact, he doesn't just have like the answer. It's like, he's like an encyclopedia. It's like pressing a button. It's like, he's the Google of health and nutrition information. (laughs) He's just like loaded with information. And he does have his own daily radio show on the GCN radio network. He's also affiliated with longevity. He also has a skincare uh, supplement line, all kinds of cool stuff. We'll be talking about that tonight in our second segment. Next week, we have a special show lined up for you. There will be no guest, but we're going to go, we're going to basically combine the first and second segments all into one. We'll go an hour, maybe we'll even go 90 minutes, depending on how many calls that we get. And here's how this is going to work. Next Sunday night is going to be Ask Me Anything About Bitcoin. And I'm going to open up the phone lines, and you can call in with your questions about Bitcoin. Here's the deal. Every caller on the show next week will get a free copy of my book, The 90-Minute Bitcoin Quick Start. Not just the digital version. I'm actually going to have shipped to you the actual printed version, the paperback book itself, which goes for 10 bucks on Amazon. And you'll be able to have one for free just by being a caller on next week's show. So what if you already have one of these books? Then what? Well, you'll have a second one. You can give it to a friend or someone that you care about, someone you would like to see get rich, basically. (laughs) All right, so that'll be next Sunday night. And uh, speaking of that, tonight's sponsor, as we continue commercial-free broadcasting here, totally commercial-free. I love it. But we do have a sponsor to help us do that. And tonight, again, one of my 
companies is sponsoring, and we have tonight's sponsor is BitcoinWorkshop.us. And it is a great opportunity if you want to learn about Bitcoin and uh, you want to sort of do a crash course. I put one together and it's all video based. But the really the neatest part of it is as a member, as a student of my Bitcoin class, you also get to access our discussion group, which is a private group we have set up on Facebook. And it's not just me putting information there, but it's all of our other students posting their questions. Many of the students will answer other students' questions. We can also agree and disagree and kind of debate ideas and talk about new cryptocurrency. That's a great kind of side bonus to the whole thing. And of course, it includes unlimited questions to me, your instructor, through our private group. All of that available through our online crash course on Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, how to get started without getting scammed. Check it out today. Tonight's sponsor bitcoinworkshop.us that's bitcoinworkshop.us and of course social media if you want to follow me on the internet the website is christianmoney.com i'm on facebook james l paris we have a facebook fan page christianmoney.com i'm on twitter james l paris i'm on youtube james l paris so check me out on all of the other social media platforms i had a very interesting last three or four days. I went to visit my son who presently lives near Sarasota, Florida. And uh, I've, I've always wanted to check out this town called Gibsonton, Florida. And it was probably put on the map and made the most famous by the 1992 murder of a carnival sideshow character by the name of Lobster Boy. And um, if if you know about the Lobster Boy story, he was sort of he was he was a, a man that had physical deformities. Instead of having hands, you know, a finger, uh, a thumb, and four fingers, his hand was kind of bifurcated, like like cut into like two parts, and they looked like lobster claws. So in place of hands, he had these lobster looking claws and also in place of feet and uh he had very almost like he didn't really have legs his legs were basically like stumps and he was this kind of odd looking deformed guy who made a tremendous amount of money over time uh working as a sideshow performer and you probably remember back in the old days of the carnivals right the, the bearded lady, the, the tallest man, the fattest woman, all of these kinds of individuals that would travel the country as part of circuses and carnivals. Well, what a lot of people don't know is that there's a town in Florida, not far from Sarasota, Florida, called Gibsonton, Florida, and the circus and the carnivals would take the winters off. So usually for about two to three months each year, they would have a break in their tour schedule. And this was true for the circus. So the Barman Bailey Circus, Ringling Brothers Circus, um, that ended up uh, being based out of Sarasota. And that was where they wintered. They took their winter break. The Ringling Brothers Circus was in Sarasota for the winter for two to three months. Well, just down the road in Gibsonton, Florida, was the winter home of the carnival and circus sideshow performers. So imagine driving into a town 
where you might see the bearded lady. You might see the one of the world's tallest men or one of the world's fattest women where you might see uh, midgets. Um, I guess we're supposed to call them little people today. Uh, all manner of oddities in this town. Well, of course, we know the, the circus, Ringling Brothers Circus, stopped touring in 2017. And really this whole matter of carnival sideshow performers has kind of waned. I don't know that it's completely disappeared, but it's not what it was, you know, back in the day. So for decades and decades, this town of Gibsonton, Florida, if you were to go into this town, um, you, you would, you maybe would walk into the post office and see, um, one of these little people, or you might see someone that was described as the half woman. This was a woman that had just a torso. And oddly enough, the giant that lived there started this giant camp with other giants, but his wife was the half woman. So imagine this couple, this, this giant, he was like, I think like nine foot tall or 10 foot tall. His wife was a woman that was just the torso and a head without any legs or arms. In any case, <laughs> if you're just tuning in, you're saying, what in the world is Jim talking about tonight? I've always had this curiosity about this town, especially since the lobster boy murder in 1992. So I was visiting my son and I decided I'm going to take a little, like a little side trip and go over here. It's like an hour away from where my son lives. And he decided he would humor me, his old dad, and he would go with me. So yesterday we went to this town, Gibsonton, Florida, and we pull into town and it looks just like a real sleepy, you know, small Florida town, not really a lot going on there anymore. But as you're driving into town, you begin to kind of get this weird vibe. And you can see kind of what's left of the touring carnivals by looking to the side of the road and seeing these kind of almost like junkyards, but filled with old rusted carnival rides. And when you pull into the center of town, there is this restaurant and bar called the Showtown Bar. And it's all kind of, the exterior is painted as like a big top, like a circus uh, big top. And so when you walk through the front, there's the uh, sideshow characters are actually painted on the doors that you walk through to get into the actual restaurant and bar. Then when you get in there, there are these beautiful murals up on the wall and the uh, the murals are of these different sideshow characters. So I sat down at the bar and I started, you know, I, I started with, uh, uh, hey, I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm a tourist. Uh, I said to the bartender, can I ask you some questions about all this? And she was incredibly nice and I was fascinated. I was riveted. I was fascinated to learn that many of these sideshow performers, these characters are actually still around. There are, many of them are in retirement now, but she said, if I came in there at breakfast on any given day, there would be tables of these sideshow performers sitting around eating breakfast. 
Now, I didn't have a chance to go back. I, I want to go back, and I want to just find out more about this. I want to find out what it was like to travel with the circus and the carnivals. I want to find out what was it like to be one of these sideshow performers. I want to hear some of the stories, and I'd love to go back um, with my video camera. I did take quite a bit of video while I was there, and I plan on doing a short video this week and posting it up, um, producing a short video this week, maybe five minutes in length and posting it up on the YouTube channel, on the Facebook channel about Gibson in Florida. And a lot of people have, have never heard of this uh, place. Well, so I went from the show time, the Showtown bar, which was just fascinating to hear the stories, which by the way, the bartender that served us, she said that it was her cousin's, boyfriend that killed lobster boy <laughs> so i was like oh, whoa <laughs> maybe too much information i mean am i am i at risk here you know did i ask like maybe too many questions it, uh, there was an x files episode that was actually filmed in canada but was supposed to be in this town of gibsonton of all these you know so-called circus freaks i use the term circus freaks they use that term there also. So forgive me for being politically incorrect, but they almost wear that as a badge of honor. But in any case, she's just talking, oh, yeah, and that was my cousin's boyfriend that, that murdered Lobster Boy. And uh, we're talking, and he's very open, sharing all this information. So then we end up at this museum, which is like this big, giant, two-story warehouse. And it is called the showman's international museum see these sideshow performers they call themselves showmen they even have like their own union hall across the street from the museum so i go in the museum and i walk in and my son and i are together i, I pay the ten dollars for us to each get in and the first thing i notice is this big glass case and in the case are our books all about gibsonton and, uh, of course, books about the Lobster Boy murder and all these other things. And these people um, who are involved with Gibsonton and the history and, and have worked as sideshow performers and have relatives that have worked as sideshow performers, they embrace all of this. So, like, kind of for us outsiders, we go in and we're like, oh, man, you know, this poor guy didn't have – hands he had like lobster claws instead of hands he had no legs he just had these like lobster claw uh things instead of feet and 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 of course you feel terrible about it but they like they embraced this like this guy was like a superhero in their world and so you kind of get this like different viewpoint about it these are like the superheroes the real life superheroes the giants and the bearded lady and the tallest man and the fattest woman all these people they're like characters out of a comic book that were real people and there's all these books and all of these celebrations of their careers and their lives and everything and so you get past the entrance and you go into this giant warehouse and man oh man does it bring back the memories and there's all of these displays in um just in, in homage to all of these different sideshow performers and all of these different, there's like a, like a vintage um, uh, carousel in there. 
Uh, there's sort of like a miniature Ferris wheel inside the warehouse. Uh, there's a miniature circus. I love that miniature circus. It was so cool. It was so big. It was like a miniature circus with the most minute detail as you walk through and look through this glass case at this miniature circus, which was probably this display had to be like 50 foot long of a miniature circus. I mean, it was just incredible, the miniature circus. And uh, all of the uh, kind of the tacky, like um, neon lighting and all of that stuff that you would see when you were on the Carnival Midway, really, really neat place. But here's where it got really weird. This is where it got super weird. Okay, this was where my son said to me, he was like, we're in the car and he's like, dad, really? We're, we're really going there now? And so here's where we went next. We drove about 30 minutes away to this graveyard, and it is a graveyard of sideshow performers. I kid you not. Now, when we were inside the sideshow performers, the, the show International Showman's Museum, it's kind of like a scary vibe to it. And I said to the uh, lady that was working there, I said, have you ever been in here at night? I mean, this looks like, you know, your, your imagination would go crazy. I'd be scared to death being in there at night. She goes, oh, yeah, I've been in here at night, and there's nothing, uh, you know, that goes on here. But when, you know, you just, your, your mind starts playing tricks on you, all these just weird, you know, circus pictures of clowns and, 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 and uh, little people and tallest man and bearded woman and all this stuff. In any case, so now we end up, we're at the graveyard a graveyard of sideshow performers. And I'm, I'm, I'm walking through um, and I ran my video camera. So part of this will be on my YouTube channel this week. I'm walking through, I'm filming a, just a sampling kind of of some of these gravestones going back to the early people born in the early 1900s, even the late 1800s. And um, it, they did not. They, they, I thought they would, but they didn't say, I didn't find one uh, gravestone that said the person's name and then, you know, giant man or fattest woman. They, they don't seem to take their moniker with them to the grave. It's just their name, date of birth, date of death. But this was sort of one of the biggest honors for a circus uh, or carnival sideshow performer to be buried in this special it's called the Showman's Rest Cemetery. And if you blink, you'd pass it. It's, it's nondescript. It's in like a residential zone. And we got out, got out of the car. And um, it looked like there was no way to get in. But then we noticed like one of the gates was slightly open. And there wasn't a sign saying you can't go in. So we just figured, well, <laughs> better to ask forgiveness than get permission. There's nobody here to get permission from. So we went in and walked around and um, just that was the end of kind of my tour, if you will, my self-guided tour. And I said to my son, I said, this was so interesting. This was so fascinating. And he just looked at me like my son is 27. He kind of looked at me with this blank look on his face, almost like, well, dad, I'm, I'm glad you had a good time today <laughs> because he's probably, you know, consulting with my wife now to see if they could have me committed this week that I would be that interested in this kind of thing. Um, but I, I said to him, I said, 
isn't it isn't it interesting? I wonder why there would not be like a tour that you could go on. You could buy a ticket, someone would put you in a small bus, take you to all these different places and tell you the whole backstory and maybe they could, you know, show you where the lobster boy lived and where he was murdered and all that kind of thing. And my son says to me, Dad, because nobody would go on that tour. <laughs> so I come to the radio microphone tonight with this story and wondering if anybody cares. And and maybe this will be the least downloaded episode that I ever produce. But I thought it was absolutely fascinating. I mean, imagine a town. Think about this. Imagine a town where when the post office was built, they installed extra low counters for the little people. Imagine a town where the zoning laws permitted the residents to keep and train exotic animals. Imagine a town where you drive in and Siamese twin sisters are manning a fruit stand with fruit for sale. Imagine a town that has a not just a giant, a resident giant, but a camp for giants and on and on and on. And this is what it was like back in the day if you happened to end up in Gibson, uh, in Gibsonton. And I, I'll tell you the, the one kind of weird thought I had in my mind. What if you were like that family that was just driving down the road? <laughs> you had no idea what Gibsonton was. Maybe it's 1950, okay? And you're trying to get to your, uh, your low-cost motel, and you're doing the Florida tour back in the day before Disney and all that, and you happen to get off at the exit for Gibsonton, not knowing what this is. And you pull into the gas station and you pull into a restaurant and you start seeing all of this kind of thing. Would, wouldn't that scare you to death? You'd think, am I in an episode of the twilight zone? So forgive my morbid curiosity, my twisted curiosity, but I had a great time and it was a lot of fun and very interesting. And I was so interested in this story of Gibsonton and the murder of the lobster boy that I even, I ordered a book online. Um, I'm going to get it in a couple of days and I'm actually planning, I want to do like more of a longer, like maybe a 20 or 30 minute video, kind of taking some of the historical photos maybe going back down there uh, in the morning when they all gather and maybe trying to do some interviews. It is a part of our history that is lost and I would love to uh, capture it somehow uh, for time and memoriam for, uh, for younger people to be able to uh, understand kind of the history of the carnival and the circus circuit. All right. So we move on here. Uh, just a few minutes left on our first segment, Bitcoin. You're probably wondering, what is wrong with Jim Paris? He's, he's talking about sideshow performers. He's not talking about Bitcoin. And this has been one of the biggest, most exciting weeks for Bitcoin in a long time. Because Bitcoin punched through 9,000. Then it punched through 10,000. Then it punched through 11,000. And now it's settled back tonight, uh, trading at 10,689 as we broadcast live to you tonight at 924 Eastern. Um, 
I don't know where it goes from here. I posted an article on my social media about two hours ago, one analyst predicting that it's going to burst through 60,000 in the near term. Wouldn't that be great? I just don't know. I, I just don't know. And I laugh and I laugh and I laugh as I remember, as I start my book out, the 90 minute Bitcoin quick start, where I share the story of October, 2012, <laughs> I took $20 and put it into Bitcoin. And then my son and I kind of split that. We each owned half of a Bitcoin and we bought it when Bitcoin was $12. That was my little foray into this weird thing. Nobody knew about it. I wrote an article, so I thought I'm going to go and buy this thing so I can write the article. And I, I, it was a weird process. I had to like get money from my bank. Then I had to go from my bank to the Wells Fargo bank and deposit it in some bank account of some company based in Seattle. And it seemed like a scam. Like, is this some kind of scam? I mean, why am I depositing this money? And then I have to wait like two days and then the money shows up in my online account. And is this working? Is this legal? Am I involved in some, you know, underworld of criminals? Um, but I got, if you know, got my Bitcoin, like a one and a half Bitcoin or whatever it was I had and my son and I, we, uh, split that. Uh, and, and I talk about the story in my book, but can you believe it? Um, of course, you know, the naysayers say, yeah, but two years ago it was at 20,000 and now it's down and you probably lost a lot of money here. Not really. Um, <laughs> so, you know, over the years, we put more and more money in at higher prices, unfortunately, not at a lot in at the lower prices, but, um, it is something, um, you can do IRA wise, you can do this just individually. Um, and all of that is covered in my book. If you're someone that's just interested in, Hey, I don't want to miss out on this. I don't necessarily believe it's going to be the next big thing, but, but maybe it will, I'm not sure. So maybe I want to put a hundred bucks in just to see what happens. Um, you can put your hundred bucks in, you can uh, get all that information on how to get started without getting scammed by, uh, I'll tell you what, you can just check out my website too. We have a special website set up with a lot of free information, which is bitcoinbloodhound.com. You can check that out, bitcoinbloodhound.com. Okay. All right. I got my, this check in my hand, this check I got from a lawyer on behalf of Google for 46 bucks. What, what is that? I'm going to get to that in just a moment. But uh, one other last thing, I, I thought it was fascinating how the media now seems to be upset with Trump that he did not attack Iran. And this really makes the point, if anything doesn't make the point yet, that the media is biased. I mean, the media, these liberals, these folks that are against any war, justified or not, are now kind of humiliating, trying to humiliate Donald Trump because he didn't actually attack Iran. Uh, just a bizarre narrative spun this weekend, in particular on CNN. And um, I think the president was wise in restraint. We've got to be careful. You know, it's, it's easy to say, uh, hey, they downed one of our drones. We need to go and, and do something to them. At some point, we need, we need to react militarily, no doubt. But I think when you look at human life and, and the value of human life, and you look at the fact that a shooting war in the Middle East with Iran could be World War III. I mean, we all sit back in, on our couches and say, oh, you should take 
you know, he should fire, you know, at their drones. He should blow up their oil refineries in retaliation. Okay, maybe at some point we have to. I mean, there are wars that sometimes you just can't avoid. But I think uh, before God and, and within your own heart, you know, if you're the president of the United States, that's a big decision to make, especially with the consequences of what very well could happen uh, if a major conflict does break out in the Middle East. Okay, in, my la- in the last minute here, um, I have this check in my hand. It's for $46. I don't know what I'm going to do with it. I'm going to deposit it in my bank account. Maybe I'll use it to buy a bunch of sandwiches and hand them out to homeless people because it's kind of like found money. And I like to do things like that with money that I wasn't really expecting. It's 46 bucks. So where did this money come from? So this was about five years ago, I think. Um, I got this email from Google. I was a part of the Google AdSense program. This is where you put like this code on your website and then these little ads pop up. And when people click on those ads, you get money. I got this message from Google uh, one day, and this was after, I don't know, I was in the program for years, maybe like 10 years I was in the program. Never had a problem. And they said something about some of my clicks were fraudulent or something, and I I didn't really understand it. And it was at the same time uh, I was exposing this major scam. And I think some people might've gone to my website and clicked on ads a bunch of times to try to cause trouble for me. So I get this warning message from Google, like I need to deal with this problem. And I don't even understand it, nor, you know, know what to do about it. I mean, how do you control if you have a website that somebody could go there and click on ads a bunch of times to try to cause you problems with Google? So I get the second message 30 days later and it says, we're sorry, you didn't take care of this problem. You're done. And they like close my, my AdSense account. I guess I'm like banned for life. I can never have an AdSense account. So I, they owed me money and I don't know how much it was, but they were like, we're not, we're not just kicking you out of the program, but all the money we owe you, we're just keeping it. (laughs) And that's it. Goodbye. Have a nice life. So somebody decided to sue Google and it was like one of these big class action kind of things. And I got this little postcard in the mail and you just like sign your name on it and you put it back in the mail. You get these things and sometimes you get like a little check for a dollar or $2 because of some corporate, you know, legal action. But in any case, I guess because of that money, they didn't pay me. I got $46 and 22 cents. It says here, pay to the order of James Paris. And it says AdSense settlement account. And it looks like a legit check. It looks all real. And I, you know, Google to make sure. And I remember sending in that form. And so I got 46 bucks here from Google. It's not going to change my life, but uh, who knows? Maybe I can pay it forward and do something good with that money. All right. We are done with our first segment. We will take a short one minute break and refire the intro. We'll be back with one of our favorite guests of all time. Nutritional pharmacist Ben Fuchs will be with us. Stay tuned. We'll be back. <laughs> 